0: Hey y'all, it's Jessica DeLindy Dykeman with the Courageous and Kind Project. We're featuring stories of women who are living out their God-given purpose through big and small moments of courage and kindness. At Courageous and Kind, we want to create a community of women who are courageous to overcome their fears and who are kind to one another and to themselves. We want to hear and share your story. Help us share God's love by sharing your Courageous and Kind story. One, it's Jessica DeLindy Dykman. Thank you so much for joining us on the Courageous and Kind podcast. I am excited for you to get to hear our newest interview with Shanice Gilliard. She is a friend and a co-worker of my husband's, and it is so great that we had the opportunity to do this interview live and in person, and in this interview, we tackle some really hard topics. And we talk about a few current events. We talk about life events and we talk about how the Lord is woven through it all. And I just hope that as we touch on some really tough topics about inequality, about racism, about how hard our world is having and our communities are having right now, I just pray that you will take that with grace and that you will listen and reflect in your own heart what the Lord is doing and how you can love and serve those around you. And so with further ado, let me introduce to you Shanice Gilliard. Let's talk about one of your courageous
1: moments. That's a really hard question. I think it's probably easier for other people to to say things like that about you. Yeah, my I've had an atypical sort of journey into medicine and such. Honestly, to be honest, applying for medical school was like something that was initially very courageous. So I was the first person in my entire family to become a doctor. I had almost no support from the administration at my school. Uh, There were a lot of people that were like, didn't think I could do it, even though my GPA was phenomenal. I don't understand. But I actually only applied to five medical schools which is unheard of like nobody does that most people apply to like 30 or more i didn't have the money i so said i couldn't afford it so i just applied to five medical schools Said okay well if i get in great if i don't um i will work at teach for america and so i applied to teach for america and i applied to medical school and thankfully the medical school worked out but even just going through medical school you know people take the experience and then like this kind of ties into what we've been talking about is it was not my I loved my medical school case question was a phenomenal place but there were a lot of times where um there were a lot of prejudices and a lot of people did not expect me to be there so even existing in that space felt courageous at that time so Mm -hmm. you know for example patients would hand me their trays and be like oh my food service is done oh here yeah seriously I'm like sorry I'm your doctor I don't know I'm not touching that it's disgusting like no like I'm sorry I'm not here to take your food out even when I was a physician doing internal medicine in Boston like people would be like oh can you get socks for me and I'm like I'm the doctor that's trying to save your life and people would not even acknowledge the fact that I was a doctor and so like even trying to stand up for myself there was a time where I didn't feel safe because a patient was like kind of belligerent in my existence I had to actually ask someone to be in the room with that patient instead of me because I didn't feel safe so just being on this entire journey of medicine and fighting things and then still telling myself no I'm I'm I have a right to be here it's okay for me to exist in this space I am like I know I'm qualified I've worked really hard to be here that's a a, that's challenging and like every single day there's something there's someone that's trying to invalidate (laughs) like me being there and it it is exhausting it's exhausting and it's frustrating and it takes a lot out of you to, so I don't know, it's like a totality of just like this fighting every single day. It takes courage um, and a lot of encouragement for my family.
0: Yeah, amen. I mean, just everything you said in that, just a second ago, you know, let's talk about let's talk about fighting for where you are. Yeah. And let's talk to the woman that's listening that is feeling the same way whether she is a stay-at-home mom whether she going to a a corporate office whether it's a single woman wants to adopt a baby I, I mean whatever that looks like all of these things that when the world tells you hey no way girl yeah and and you have to fight for where you are because clearly god opened in his provision opened a way for you to go to medical school and you were exactly where you needed to be and so there are so many women whether you know they're in the middle of empty nesting or or full tables or empty wombs i mean whatever that looks like what encouragement do you have for that woman as from your own personal experience
1: so two things so um God knows the desires of your heart and like sometimes if some God puts something on your heart that's just and that's right then it will like no matter how difficult the journey you will get there also surround yourself with people who share your values and who are going to believe and encourage you so when I was in college I there were a lot of friends I stopped talking to because they they weren't supportive of my decision to pursue medicine or for, there are a lot of other issues that were there, but I just stopped talking to people. Like I was fine with just not, if someone is not supportive of your journey to get to where you know you need to be, then it's okay to give yourself some distance from negative in, like influences and people that are not giving you like the spiritual and emotional support that you deserve and no matter where you are
0: when you talk about on your journey we're not talking about destructive behavior or anything like that but we're talking about some a a seed of calling that the Lord has put you in and for people to have that doubt then it's okay to unfollow them exactly (laughs) or distance yourself and I think Actually, I know we don't say that. Yeah, no, we don't. Because we think we have to be friends with everybody. Exactly. And along that theme, we do. I think we have that pressure. And to be able to say, hey, this negativity is weighing me down. And I know it's not encouragement from the Lord. Right. Then, yeah, put some distance there.
1: Exactly. Like, if it's not from God, like, send it back to where it came from. Like, that's okay. And everybody, you know, one of the things I've also learned is that, like, relationships and like, a lot of parts of life, um their seasons right Mm -hmm. and so like people that were with me in my high school journey aren't with me now like we made different life decisions we decided to follow different paths and so we don't relate the same way so if you have like a seed like through an example out of a woman who is trying to conceive or something like that like there's so many biblical examples obviously of Mm -hmm. women who've gone through this and there's I mean, now in popular culture, there are a lot of women who have been very upfront, and open about their struggles with trying to conceive, infertility and such. And so if you've got people that are telling you one thing, but you know God has told you something else, then it, like you said, it's absolutely, you don't owe somebody the right to kind of help influence you in a negative way. And you can be very respectful, be kind, but you don't necessarily have to allow those negative influences into your space as you're trying to pursue a path that God has laid for you.
0: Yeah, that is so... I think somebody really needed to hear that. And the truth is, what I'm learning in my life right now, specifically in my journey, that God cares more about our hearts and our journey than yeah. the results. And so for Him to walk alongside of us and for us, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Yeah. And for us to have person persevere and be steadfast in what He's called us to do, there is so much... Um, really fertile ground that the Lord can use in our hearts and our lives to change us and make us like Him. And I think standing up for ourselves is so important. Yeah. And I would say, you know, to that woman that is just worn out right now, um, as you said Find your cheerleader. Find someone that can cheer you on, that can be excited for you. And also, um, go to God's word. Yeah. Find some scripture. Find a mantra from a Bible verse that you can keep and that you can recite over and over again because God's word's powerful and it can do some mighty stuff. And so to be able to have that powerful full mantra of scripture and being able to do all things through Christ. And And so I really appreciate you saying that because I think more times than not, we're guilty of sometimes just believing those negative negative thoughts in So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, So what comes to your mind when you hear the words courageous and kind?
1: Um, So for me, honestly, I thought maybe adding another word would be compassion because I think it kind of encompasses both of those words, Um, especially when you know, we're talking about, when I think of courage, I think of doing the right thing even when it's not easy to do. Um, I think that is kind of the embodiment of my idea of courage and kindness. Oftentimes, if you are inherently kind, uh, you show courage by doing the right thing uh, because it's like the kindness is at your core. And when you see wrong, you are inspired to do something that might be paradigm shifting, it might not be popular but it's the right thing, and so that takes courage to show kindness to those that other people may not feel are deserving of kindness.
0: Oh, girl, you hit it spot on. You know, that is really a perfect definition of courageous and the importance of kindness and compassion. That Really, they go hand in hand, yeah, don't they? they do. And so um, what's really fun for us is Shanice is actually a courageous and kind contributor and so a couple months ago I had called up and just said, hey, you know, with everything going on in the world and really the fight against racism, being forefront, um, you know, I had just asked her how how can we bring that compassion into our lives? How can we meet a hurting community? How can we help? And we just had a really good and tough conversation. And, you know, since our listeners are, you know, they can't see us right now, Shanice and I look very different. (laughs) And we come from different backgrounds. And so it was so nice to be able to gather with Christian hearts and similar hearts to be able to just, again, have some tough conversations. And so let's talk about, are you know just the current climate of right now in that and where that courageous and kind spirit can come in
1: Yeah, um, so I think I'm going to skip ahead for one with one okay. question because I think it ties in really nicely so one of the things that you asked me was who do you admire and why and so you know, it's very easy to talk about like very popular figures like, oh, you know, uh, Michelle Obama, everyone loves her. She's fabulous. But uh, there's this one young lady, named is Bree Newsome, and she kind of rose to fame uh, in 2015 when she climbed up the pole at the State House of South Carolina and tore down the Confederate flag. And she said, in the name of God, I'm tearing this symbol of hatred down, basically. And that took a lot of courage. She got arrested immediately for defacing state property and the context in which she did it though was after the massacre at mother emmanuel baptist church or mother emmanuel sorry ame zion church and essentially her father's a pastor or was a pastor she's been a musician and an activist a long time and she saw that that flag flying over basically in eye shot of a terrible atrocity against humanity where people were murdered in a church while they were praying um that took incredible amount of courage and um also a heart of kindness to say like, we're looking at this symbol and it's mocking the graves of the people that were just murdered um, in an act of like unspeakable hatred. And Mm -hmm. so I think that her spirit encapsulates like what we're trying to convey is that when you see wrong or when wrong is happening, it's not comfortable, it's not convenient. Um, And one of our heroes who just passed, um, John Lewis said, you know, good trouble. And so when he says "good trouble," it, it sounds, in retrospect, it sounds so nice and stuff. But this man was beaten um, in within inches of his life. He was arrested so countless number of times. Like I, I was reading his, you know, biographies and watching movies about him. He's arrested so many times, but because he knew that in his heart he was doing the right thing, history bore him out as a hero. And so when you're standing up for righteousness, it won't feel right at the time or it won't feel good. It won't, no one's going to reward you. No one's going to pat you on the back, but doing the right thing eventually does pay off. And same with Jesus. Like if we want to reflect, like no, Jesus like knew that they were going to kill him the day he started his ministry. Like he was very aware of that. Um, same with most of the disciples and even the early, um, the early Christians, most of them were murdered for their beliefs at the very beginning, like, but they still knew that they were right. And so their reward wasn't on earth, but their reward was in heaven.
0: There's so much truth in everything you just said and just taking a minute to dissect that and I think about a couple things. I think one, you talking about Jesus and his ministry and what he was called to do. Yeah. And as often during the Passover season and during Easter, we read the Last Supper and Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, it is... Well, up until last year, I had just read that very, you know, and had understood. But it wasn't until I had really thought about Jesus getting down on his knees and serving Judas. Yeah. And knowing that Judas Iscariot was about to um, betray him. Yeah. And so I think, you know, when we talk about love our enemies and um, love God and love people, that that compassion, and that courage and that kindness comes out. And so what are your recommendations for, you know, as we bridge the gap and, and working to find, I think the word you used was allyship, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. talking about that, how does that courage and compassion, you know, fall into place when we're able to um, show people God's love and start to have conversations and really start to help people that are different from us and yeah. love people that are different. Yeah.
1: So um, there are two things that um, before I start is one of the quotes I think from Martin Luther King is basically the the Sunday hour is the most segregated time in America. And I think that is probably almost as true now as it was in the 60s. There's some integrated churches, but not really. And so there's also this VeggieTales episode that I watched when I was a little kid about <laughs> who is my neighbor. And it was they, the, all the vegetables, they all kind of looked the same and then there were these two really, really fat gourds that were like on this journey with these other vegetables and everybody was like, oh, I don't wanna really hang out with them but it turns out they were essential to save the life of everybody on the ship. So I use that to say that when people ask about like being allies or communities that are hurting communities of color, um, it really is an intent, there's an intentionality behind it, you know? a lot of people have you know probably taken baby steps out of their comfort zones by even saying black lives matter which to me is like kind of like one of those things to just affirm the fact that someone's life is worth living is just like it's hard for me to even see how that's a debate right because it's like wait of course what do you mean like i don't understand um but i think also um if you don't have friends that don't look like you then as much as that's, you know, a reflection of the environment, you might've been brought up in a very isolated community. If you no longer live in an isolated community, it's, you know, I'm not saying just go out and find people to be friends with, but like you should definitely strive to show the same amount of kindness and respect to people that don't look like you. Go out of your way, honestly, if you feel that, hey, you know what? All of my kids' friends don't look like him. Then your kid is also going to grow up with the same very narrow lens, and they're going to have to learn how to break that later. And so I think, you know, inviting people over, making people feel incredibly comfortable. And then, when, if people tell you something, believe them. So if you say, you know, if I step on your foot and you're like, ow, that hurt. And I'm like, oh, well, you'll be okay. That's not the response you're expecting, right? So similarly, when someone says, oh, no, like when you said X, that was not that was an unpleasant thing or that was prejudice. You say, I'm terribly sorry. I'm going to try to do better. So Mm -hmm. acknowledging when you hurt somebody, because a lot of I think part of the response that we're getting like this backlash show movement is partially people don't want to think of themselves as bad people. Inherently, it's a very hard thing to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I did wrong. That is not mm-hmm. a pleasant experience. Conviction is painful. And so like when Paul, was it Paul? So it was Saul and he was struck blind on the mm-hmm. ground. Like that was not a pleasant experience for him. He had to see all of the sins that he had committed against God's children for a, his entire lifetime when he was out there persecuting Christians. And so you have to be open to the fact that you might have done some terrible things to people mm-hmm. and you have to be okay not okay with it and you should not be okay with it but then you have to go one step further and right those wrongs
0: mm-hmm. i think the other thing you know when you talk about doing terrible things to people i think sometimes with our prejudice that sometimes you don't even know you're doing it yeah You know, and so thinking about our next generation and our children and, you know, how do we change that for them? Yeah. Um. And the other thing that really encouraged me as we were talking about just the systemic racism, it also encouraged me to look beyond the color of the skin, but just different abilities of people and, you know, capabilities and lifestyles and things like that. So it, it really helped me take a minute and make an assessment and look to say, you know, where else other than, you know, this area, do I have some, un, you know, quieted biases or things like that or yeah. just things we were taught, you know, and we always joke that everything is normal in your house when you grow up until you realize it's not. Exactly, yeah. And so what would you, you know, bringing in that kind of compassion and compassion and the Lord's love and, you know, even... I think the best part about it is nothing. no one is beyond God's reach. And you said, I mean, Saul, and now we know him as Apostle Paul, I mean, he talks often about that and just about how unworthy he was of of God's grace and his love. And, you know, we stand in that too. So what would you say, you know, to someone that's listening and they're like, oh, man, you know, I'm guilty of that. and, And maybe I didn't intentionally do it, but I did it. And I think, Two, um, let's just talk about this. Unintentionally, there's people that, that we're around and they make jokes yeah. or they'll say something off-color or yeah. off-handed, um, and we don't stand up. Right. And so I think that is something that we have to examine as well. And even this is maybe a step further, but I think about the music and the media and TV shows and the, and the videos that we consume. Yeah paying attention to or, or just being aware of what we're consuming and and not just for us, but our
1: families too. No, you brought up a lot of good, really good points. Um, and so there's... I'm going to first touch on like the, the media and stuff that you consume. So it's very, very easy, depending on what you're watching and what you're listening to, to believe one certain narrative about certain kinds of people. And if... Yeah, this is probably a very delicate subject, but I think you have to be very judicious with what you read. And I try to, even when I'm reading media or something like that, I try to actually have a very diverse um, group of readings. Like, I mean, not necessarily endorsing any media outlet, but I mean, I do try to read source journalism, like real source journalism, not opinions, because I don't really care about what other people think. I want journalists that give me information and then I can make my own informed opinion. That being said, I do think that if someone lives in a bubble, you can really feel like the struggles of people that don't look like you are worlds apart, even though they're next door to you, uh, because your your whole neighborhood might look like you. You all have kind of potlucks and everything, and you're thinking like these crazy people are burning down the city down the street from me, instead of wondering, hey, what's what's going on? Why are these people? You know, why is the, why why is there this incredible outcry for help? And so. I encourage people maybe to read media outlets that they're not accustomed to to try to get a more global perspective of what's going on.
0: Well, and I think, too, like I really appreciate that you tagged, I think, what everybody's been talking about in our media and our journalism. And um, again, we had mentioned, you know, unhealthy biases and just underlying biases that we may not even know we have. And what we have started to make a practice at our house is we'll look at different articles or the media or um the newspaper or whatever and then when it's a big topic we have gotten where um my husband and i will go back and we'll open up the bible we'll google bible verses on different topics and just do a a concordance search or a topical um by you know biblical search and the Bible is very clear on many things and, I mean, gives guidance on a lot. Yeah. And so that has been really great for us to say, you know, what does the Lord say about this? Yeah. And as you as you said, the Bible talks about weeping with those who weep and feeding the hungry and caring for the people um, that are hurt and the orphans and the widows and, and the poor. Right. And just one of my favorite um, verses is in 1st Timothy and it talks about it's from Paul yeah. and he's talking to um, Timothy and the um, Bible verse says command those who who are rich in this world to do good with their wealth mm-hmm. and so often we're like well we're not the rich people you know it's the person next door yeah. it's the person in the next neighborhood or right. whatever but the truth is as Americans we are wealthy I mean we just have so many um resources and and just different things that are fingertips that most people across the world don't. And so I just encourage people that whatever that wealth looks like for you regardless of your economic status yeah. or anything like that that we just do good deeds. Yeah. I mean and that we take the resources and the time and the talents that we have to do good for the Lord and to use, to be courageous and kind and compassionate. And I think that love your neighbor piece will come easier to us when we do that.
1: Yeah, and I think also, you know, if you're in a community where you have the ability to be involved with city council and something like that, you can also push your local leaders, right? Because we have a lot more power over them than we, you know, than our national and state leaders. Um, to do the right thing as well, right? So like you said, the compassion for poor people, like it breaks my heart. I've not lived in a big city per se um, for a long, you know, this is my first time living in a big city. And the number of homeless people that I pass out, like I feel so bad because I I used to have little snack packs with little, you know, like a couple dollars and some snacks and some water and stuff to hand out to homeless people when I ran into them. But um, just seeing my call schedule, I (laughs) haven't had the chance to do that right now. But I think that you know, our, we could also challenge our cities that like are wealthy and that somehow can't find the money to take care of those poorer neighborhoods or people that need resources that aren't empowered to advocate for themselves. Even if you don't have the financial resources, maybe you have a resource of time and you can spend time advocating for those who don't have a voice or don't feel empowered to use their voices to impact change in their neighborhoods.
0: I agree with that 100%. And I think what we're often guilty of is just thinking somebody else is going to do it. Right. You know, or, oh, they have, you know, more of this or more time or more talent or more treasure or more resources. Like, I'll let them take care of it. I'll let our leaders take care of it. When, really, we need to be looking to the right and to the left and to paying attention, and I think even just, little stuff about being kind to our cashiers at the grocery store, Amazon drivers, our trash guys, our nurses and our doctors. I mean just all the way across the board just that kindness goes so far and it really just starts with a smile and
1: a kind response.
0: Yep. So speaking of that, what is one way that we can spread kindness?
1: So this is um, one of the things that I've actually started doing people do not send cards anymore. And so I've started my husband and I have a list of all of our aunties and random friends that we've got on our new our card list and we just have tried to start sending random people cards like thinking of you or happy birthday cards or something like that so you get stuff that's in the mail that's not just junk or other stuff.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. that I, I mean, and who doesn't love getting mail? Yeah, everybody really like, loves a card. Everybody loves getting a card. Yeah. Oh, that's such an easy and fun way. As we are talking about courageous and kind women, what do you think a courageous and kind woman looks like?
1: Um, I think I'm going to go back to my example of Brea I mean, she that whole idea of being, number one, unashamed of the gospel, but also willing to stand in your convictions no matter what, is one of those things that is very, I mean, that kind of encapsulates that spirit. Um, Also my mom, you know, she's like, soup. she's courageous, she's kind, she's generous. She kind of, I don't know, does it all. She's brilliant. She's got like a degree in engineering and all these other random things. And she still is, you know, one of the most thoughtful and kind and generous people. She cares for all those um, around her. She looks after my grandma and my uncles, everybody. Um, she's also a nurse, so she has that kind of background as well. But those are the two women that I think encapsulate that spirit.
0: So, uh, you know, thinking about your mom and, and raising really incredible kids <laughs> and you and your siblings and the generation and the legacy that your parents have left for y'all or and building in for the next generations. thinking about you and your husband yeah. and really being able to encourage the tide and, and to make a difference, a positive difference in those around you. Okay, so what is your favorite Bible verse?
1: Okay, I don't have a favorite. There's so many that are appropriate for different times in life. Yeah, yeah. Um, But one of them is um, Psalms 119, verse 114, and it's, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. And I think that, you know, when the world is upside down and things aren't going right, that you can hide your heart in the Lord, um, and just kind of allow God and the light to be your shield, um, when you need to retreat from all other things.
0: That was beautiful. (laughs) Just so appropriate for uncertainty, so much hurt in the world. And I think this year more than ever that our hurting world is up front and in our faces and, you know to be able to have that compassion and for those people and to be able to have our heart rested in the Lord. Yeah. And so thank you so much. Let me pray. Okay. We do we pray at the end of our um podcast. So heavenly father, I thank you so much for Shanice. I thank you that we get to be friends, Lord, and that we get to share this time together. And I pray for her and her husband. Uh, I just ask that you will guide them and direct them in this new season of life and and um, all that they're doing in their community and um, just their influence, Lord. And we thank you so much that you have just made this woman to represent your light and your love in an industry that um, is of service and is hard, Lord, and we just thank you so much that you have given her the strength to continue on and step um, each day into the calling that you have for her, Lord, and we just thank you for everything that you're doing. We thank you for um, your compassion and your love, and we thank you so much that you are the example that we look to of that love. We just ask that you would guide her and direct her in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the courageous and kind podcast. We would love to hear from you. Would you find us on social media on Instagram or Facebook at the courageous and kind project, and let us know what you're doing to make a difference in your community by sharing God's love. Please take some time. Serve those people around you, care for them, bring the Lord's compassion to your neighborhood, your home, your church, your city, your community, and share that with us. We want to share your stories of God's love. So thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to doing it again. Thanks again for listening to the Courageous and Kind podcast. If you have a story you'd like to share or know someone who does, please visit CourageousAndKind.org. Be sure to check out the Courageous and Kind stories tab. Take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and like us on Instagram and Facebook at The Courageous and Kind Project.